Welcome back to Beards and Banners, episode 12. I'm Brian Williams. And I'm Matt McCrory. Brian, have you noticed that once we got into past 10, we're not necessarily using Spanish to name off our numbers? You know, oddly enough, uh, I have noticed that, Matt. Um, <laughs> in his DAs. Is, is that it? right? DAs? Tins DAs? Is that doesn't help us on episode 12, though, probably. Yeah, maybe some of our uh, Espanol speakers can help us out with that. Somebody and, help us out as yeah, we get into I these. I think a uh, quick Google search could do it, too. However, 12 is my dad's favorite number. So shout out nice. to him up high. And, and uh, that was a good one. Always remind me I've been looking forward to this one. Speaking of shout outs, I have a thank you to give out. Taylor at showpig.com was nice enough to help put a banner for old beards and banners up on showpig.com and we sincerely appreciate it. And Taylor, I want you to know that every night I'm logged on looking at every single sale and making sure that I'm not missing out on any deals or anything that I need to purchase. So Taylor and the people at showpig.com, we sincerely appreciate you and we appreciate you putting our banner up. It definitely got us some more listeners. And last episode, my man, was the perfect episode for people to listen to if they were wanting to learn how to select their show picks. You know, last episode, I, we had a good time, I think, talking about some of that stuff. I know I did. And again, hey, hats off and thank you to showpig.com for throwing that banner up there. It was pretty cool. And and I'm excited to get on Showpig as the season progresses. You know, I may be not as hardcore, Matt, as I once was. Certainly probably can't rival you in terms of number of hours logged in on show pig but i'll tell you two or three nights a week i'm scrolling through there on my phone checking out the selection it's always fun to do you know we're going to talk a little bit about some other stuff tonight i think in terms of hey we got something bought we got it transported home which probably at some point we need to talk about that process and you know there's so many good people out there now that you can contact that you can get a ride home get close to your house mm -hmm. uh, for really a pretty inexpensive fee when in the great scheme of things but we've got them home we've got them back to our hacienda a little spanish little espanol for you, you and uh and not what do we to do? our biblioteca that's, that's all right the words i know that's right mi casa in el campo um <laughs> i i know that sometimes there's some anxiety that first few days like hey we got this thing home obviously it's exciting we've got this new animal we've got this new show you know prospect and i spent way too much <laughs> a lot of times that's the conversation is oh man like i don't they'll meme like the old tiger king meme i'm never gonna financially recover from this i love that one uh, I love so that it applies one. to so many things in my life um but I know we're going to hit on that a little bit tonight, so we hope to kind of keep going along through the process a little bit. It's a hot time of the year for a lot of these species, and certainly there's a lot of folks that are going to be buying them, a lot of be going to be getting them shipped, and a lot of folks are going to be getting them home, getting them started. And we're going to try to tell you, at least in our minds, what we do. But first, Matt, we got some other stuff to talk about, right? Super Bowl Sunday is oh. coming on us. Oh, buddy. It's going to be a good game, I think. Right now, the best two teams are playing. Mm -hmm. I think there's some star power in those things. And I have a feeling I know that we are probably rooting for the same cause. And yes, sir. One of our highest ranking states has the San Francisco 49ers, and they're, uh, they're logged in to play in uh, the next Super Bowl as well. But go, go Chiefs this weekend, bro. Oh, how about them Chiefs? Their defense is 
pretty amazing. And they have a quarterback that is balling. Might have heard of him. Guy named Patty Mahomes. Uh, he's he's Mahomey. He's pretty awesome. On my Seamus Lou McCrory, my son, he dressed up with a little uh, Patrick Mahomes hairdo today and spiked it up and put a little headband on. And All right, now. Looking fresh. He's looking good. Got him. Got T-Rev. Got Rice. Man, there, there's some good players on that deal. Right Jones. Uh, and I tell you what, oh. I can't wait to see him get after the quarterback. And I think uh, being able to stop old Debo Samuel is the key to this weekend. But there's a bunch of good players in this ball game. And and I'll tell you, like, I remember, and I know you too, Matt, growing up being a kid, and man, the Super Bowl, there's always been some pageantry, right? It's a big day. Everybody says, hey, it should be a national holiday. Why is it on Sunday? Nobody should have to work the next day. Hey, I agree with that. I'm sold. Um, we used to have a big uh, when I was teaching ag. Uh, that was one of the things we do. We'd have, we'd have the big Super Bowl party at our house for all the kids. Kids come out, watch the game, and Joni'd fix a ton of food, and which obviously made it one of my favorite days. But there was years where I didn't have a dog in the fight, and 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 this is going to probably upend the apple cart a little bit. I will tell mm-hmm. you, while I am a diehard Chiefs fan and have been a Chiefs fan my whole life, admittedly there was a time. In fact, a big chunk of my life where they were hard to root for. And when it comes Super Bowl time, there wasn't much rooting for the Chiefs. Um, so I'm coming out publicly and admitting that for a long time, I was a closeted Patriots fan. You know, here's why, though. We like winners. That's right. We like people that prepare. We like people that ex- just have excellence that that's they right. demand. And that's why we like Nick Saban. That's why we might like Bill Belichick. Oh, yeah. How can he not have a job right now? Ah, that's amazing. Uh, maybe so, he's a dynamic personality. If you've ever watched a Bill Belichick uh, mm-hmm. press conferences, Matt, I think he, he would be a great guest on Beards and Banners. Um, <laughs> maybe we can promote him for a coaching we're, job. Maybe we're on to the next one. We're yeah, on to the next. I think that uh, from what I understand, I don't think that uh, it'd be very PG rated. I think he uh, dropped <laughs> some bombs and uh, I think he uh, says some words that probably couldn't. But my favorite part of the Super Bowl, if I don't have a dog in the fight, commercials, the oh. food, and also the halftime show. So today, buddy, let's start out by talking about two quick and dirty things. That food process, man. Oh, what oh, oh, is oh. on the Williams menu? You know, it varies. Um, I this year, I can tell you this year, it's just going to be just just be us watching. No big parties. I, I can tell you that for years and years and years, you know, we had all the ag kids come out, and so I had to kind of be on my best behavior uh, during the Super Bowl and kind of be. Uh, you you know how that is. You're still kind of in teacher mode. You're making sure nobody's doing anything inappropriate. You're making sure that they're at your house that they're not breaking a lamp or doing anything horrible. And so I didn't get to have a lot of fun some years. And so now I'm kind of anti-social when it comes to Super Bowl Sunday. I like sitting in my chair. I like being at my house and watching the game without having any expectations. So I can tell you, man, the food part of it, while we don't have a big spread probably anymore, oh, the food part of it is still such a big part. And and, and I know this year we're going to have a little chili, a little Williams chili. Ooh. Um I know that there's going to be some little smokies in there. Um, most of my household, pretty big fan of that. Um, 
there's a deal. Um, and I'll tell you that, that Joni makes that's like homemade ice cream sandwiches. They're a little mini. She takes the filling out of the Oreos. She does mm -hmm. a different deal with the Oreo, the, the good filling that everybody likes. But she takes the Oreos and then she puts a little mini scoop, like a melon baller type scoop of ice cream on the Oreo sandwich, on the Oreo cookie, and then she freezes all those. And so we have like little mini Oreo ice cream sandwiches. That sounds like crack for fat people, buddy. It I, is I pretty get, good, buddy. It is pretty good. I could founder on it. And then a lot of times, especially since now in my, in my old age, I try to manage. I, I don't try. I have to manage my my intake a little bit. I have to watch the the, the protein, the fiber, the especially the carbohydrate intake a like little a bit. Like a heavyweight bearer. Oh, buddy. Like I am that bearer that's at 279 two weeks before. Mm-hmm. He needs to be 280. Yeah. So that's kind of the diet restriction type of thing that I, so I can eat meat. I can eat a lot of vegetables. Can't eat a lot of bread. Can't eat pasta. You know, all the good stuff, sugar, starches, all the stuff that I love. I can't really, I'm not supposed to eat. So we make these like cheeseburger on a stick type mm -hmm. deal. Like little, be like, um, what do you call a little mini? Uh, sliders. Sliders, like sliders on a stick. I can and, attack those suckers. Uh, oh, buddy. Like they, they're dangerous. They go down so good. Um, I might, I might uh, indulge in an adult beverage or two mm. uh, to watch that game, as long as it's good and cold. Um, but there's just a ton of food. Obviously, veggie trays and cheese, mm -hmm. the charcuterie, which is oh, a fancy word for buddy. Kind of eat every those day. things are awesome. Um, I love a good charcuterie board, and oh. and I'm very not good at pronouncing it, but I no, I, I think everybody knows what they're saying. Yeah, but uh, I think. Man, salted meats, cured meats. Oh, 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 oh. You let me have that, and I'm a happy man. Get know, much I better like than those that. salty olives too. Give me those salty olives and those garlic olives. Oh, mm. buddy! But hey, mine is a uh, chicken wings and Ooh, wings. Yeah, yeah. My wife, big makes favorite, incredible stuffed mushrooms, and <laughs> we usually oh. go with some rotel up in there. And oh yeah, gotta have the rotel dip. And I tell you what, I put a little sausage in that sucker, and it it's hard to beat, man. It is a good day, and I love, 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 love those commercials. But that halftime show, buddy, let's halftime talk show. about that. Some Ooh. years very electric. I'm not gonna lie. There's been a halftime show or two that maybe anticlimactic. I wasn't that excited about. I was. I, I don't think it's any big secret that I'm a, I'm a pretty staunch Rihanna fan. Very talented. Oh, 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 oh. Is Rihanna talent? She's kind of up there in my mind, Matt. Um, she can't get around Mariah Carey. Mm -hmm. But she's in the top pair. Like she's in there. Well, and I will say though, I wasn't as in on the Rihanna halftime show. Didn't think it was that good. Wasn't that excited about it. Um, sure sign of getting old, probably. Well, I'm going to tell you, buddy, my favorite halftime show of all time was the Dr. Dre. Oh, my too. Dog oh. and Eminem one. And that thing, all time, we had that still taped. And I was like, I went back to 1999 to mm -hmm. 2002. And I was like telling my son's boys, this is how it was. It's as good as it gets. Great. It'll Everybody never get better than that. 
Everybody our age was so happy. I know. So happy. I don't know why they don't just book every year. Let's just, just do it every Dre year. Just put Dre on. Just Let's put try. him on. Put, put Dre in charge of it. It's not going to disappoint. I was so pumped about that. And that, that was the year Chiefs, Chiefs weren't in it that year. Yep. And they and didn't so let us down either. Halftime show was kind of what I was after, and it did not disappoint. You had Dre and Snoop, Eminem, 50 Cent, Mary J. It was so awesome. There was somebody else in there, too, that I wasn't – maybe wasn't. Yeah, I didn't know who that was. I was embarrassed. I was like, who's I this I was a little guy? bit. Um, yeah, he came out. I can't remember who it was and... now. But yep. it starts off and that music hits, you mm. know. Yeah, I was just like, Whoa, what's on, buddy? Pause this episode. I'm gonna start dancing. I know, me too. And then they get to the part, you know, on Eminem. Like, can you imagine this year if it would have been? And obviously, it's not, but if it would have been the Lions and bring Eminem out and have him do Lose Yourself, even I might have been rooting for him to win. Like, I might cry. I might, might. seriously, like. When I I think about that Super Bowl halftime show and I tear up a little bit. It was so yeah. good. It was so good. The, the other ones I think of, like, I remember being a kid and watching the Michael Jackson one. Mm-hmm. And it, I think it was at San Francisco and, like, fake Michael Jacksons were on the top of the stadium. Yeah, yeah. Like, Whoa, where, where is he? Where is he really? And then he pops up in the middle of the stage. I may be wrong, Matt, but I think your perception of Michael Jackson is directly a result of what generation you are oh for sure because i think baby boomers have a michael jackson that's yeah. like little michael jackson yeah. five michael jackson Hee-hee. cute cuddly you know yeah kind of groovy just put, in, just put them in your pocket i think millennials and later have like weird documentary michael jackson yeah but if you're like us and you're kind of in that gen x ish range that's Thriller. that was kind of, that was prime Man. Michael Jackson. We got Thriller, Michael Jackson. We got Billie Jean, Michael Jackson. That's my all-time favorite right there. Billie it, Jean. it doesn't. Man in the Mirror. Oh. oh, oh, oh. It doesn't get better than that. Like, yeah, it is. Now, I'm not saying that I loved all of his antics that he was accused of. However, <laughs> hey. his music was on point. There was a time he was on top of the world. Like, there was a time there was nobody bigger. There was nobody no. bigger. I heard a deal the other day, a comedian say, you know, really the, there was a Gen X got all the best Michaels, got all the best Michaels. Yeah. Like Michael Jackson, Mike Tyson, Michael Jordan. Like it was a big, Mm -hmm. it was a big time for Michaels. And, you know, like Mike, these, these subsequent generations, they'll never know. They'll, they'll never know what it was like to watch that thriller video. Mm -hmm. The first time it happened, the first time it was on. Yeah. Like it was, it was amazing. Our, to see Michael Jordan, like do the things he did in real time, yeah. when it really happened. And if you were from that generation, and then have watched like subsequent, the argument of like, well, this guy's Michael Jordan. There's no argument there. Like, shut up, shut up. Mm-hmm. You didn't get to see it in real time. You don't get it. Like, mm-hmm. there is no, there will never be another Michael Jordan. Um, to see Mike Tyson, do you remember like Prime Mike Tyson come out in the black trunks? He was, was a just, man among boys. And uh, just, he was a hammer, man. I mean, I, his fists were made of steel. There was, there was, those guys would come out against him. And then a lot of times, because Mike is not, he's a big he's guy, five, but not nine, a tall five, guy. Ten. He's not a tall guy. And they would be a foot taller than he, it seemed like. And they'd get out there and be like, well, maybe this is a day, you know. And, and Mike just knock them cold and like, 
61 seconds. Like, pow, they're done. Like, knock them into a different time zone. Yeah. And to watch that, like, in real time, you're just like, I I can't imagine this is happening. Like, (laughs) But, uh, you know, we speak a lot about the greatness of of things. And we talked about Bill Belichick. And we we talked about Nick Saban and Mike. You know, just really briefly, like, that killer instinct we talk about in pig showing and, and, and showmanship and sheep and beef cattle and having that instinct to go after it, you know, not very many people had that. Uh, no. I remember a story that the St. Louis Cardinals, they went and watched a, a practice of Mike, uh, Michael Jordan, and they were sitting in the balcony and Ozzie Smith was standing up there with about five or six other guys and Michael Jordan basically coached the whole practice. Yeah. And people weren't playing as hard as he he would He'd get on them. them. He would get yeah. on to them and just and belittle them to a point where like this is how excellence is. This you is know, this is what we have to do. I've always heard it's one of my favorite quotes, I guess. It, it I always it references athletics. I, I think that there's so much truth in it. In every, in every great athlete, there's a little bit of a mean streak. Mm-hmm, for sure. And But I think I think that's misconstrued a little bit. I don't think it's necessarily a mean streak. I'm sure there was times Michael Jordan's teammates thought he was mean. Yeah. I'm sure. I, I can't I can't tell you. know, when I was growing up, Matt, the, about every practice that I attended in high school, I thought my football coach was mean. Yeah. Um, there was there was guys I played with that I at times I was like, well, that was, you're, you know, kind of mean um i think it's i think it it goes along with leadership Mm -hmm. i'm a huge believer in that um i'm sure bill belichick didn't stroke everybody's ego every day to make them what they were um (laughs) no he didn't and i think that there's there's a time to play and i think there's a time you gotta pat people on the back you gotta talk them up you gotta build them up i think there's also times where you gotta say the hard thing and that's like you you said that one other time nick saban one of my favorite quotes Hey, if you want to make everybody happy, sell ice cream. Don't be a leader because you can't do what you need to do and everybody like you every minute of all the time. And now when you watch, like, I'm guessing you, I watched it. And and, and I'll tell you, I, I, I don't watch basketball today. I'm not a basketball guy. I know it's hard to believe, you know, and I've said this before. I'm sure everybody that knows you and I probably think, hey, there's a couple guys that probably could have been a, you know, power forward in the NBA. Yes, uh, sir. Not true. Um, basketball, probably not my, my biggest passion or love, but there was a time it was uh, not, not biggest, but I loved watching it yeah. for guys like Michael Jordan, especially Michael Jordan. And now like I go back and I watch it probably once a year, I go back and watch the, the documentary, the last yeah. dance. And, and I'm not, there's times his passion all these years later, mm-hmm. his passion for it and his leadership style and his unwavering just commitment to not only be great, but to make those around him great. Mm -hmm. Even if he had to drag him along kicking and screaming and his, you know, when he talks about it, he gets, he tears up. That's Mm -hmm. how, that's how passionate that man was. And I'll be honest with you. When I watch it, hell, I tear up. I I can't help myself. Like that kind of commitment to excellence. Unfortunately, as a society, we don't admire that enough. We, we get Mm -hmm. intimidated by it or we kind of discount it. As a rule of thumb, there's a reason we love Rocky, and we mm-hmm. love that movie. He's I the underdog. He's not supposed to win. And as Americans, we are the underdog. Mm-hmm. It's hardwired in our genetics. 
But everybody likes to see you win once. <laughs> yep. Woo. Everybody likes to see you win once. But that third time you win the county. By the third time you win, people are like, okay, Man. that's enough. That's enough. They're cheaters. They are it's cheating. It's rigged. It's rigged. Yeah, they must. They're just script. We need to drug know? drug test on the county. And uh, and I can tell you, like that that's true in anything. It's true mm-hmm. in sports. It's true in showing livestock. It's true mm-hmm. in the career workplace because we are hardwired to like the underdog. Yep. And and if you once you're not the underdog anymore and you've started to create a lasting span of success, mm-hmm. all of a sudden people stop rooting for you a little bit because they're like, Hey, you had your time. Sit down, dummy. Somebody yep. else's term. And you know, Jesse and- Heimer said a few years ago on a podcast that winning is really hard to sustain. Oh my gosh. Man. So, so guys take it when you get it. And be happy for other people when they can, because you know what? That ride's not going to last forever. And sometimes they're going to fall off. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then other people can rise up. And more times than not, there's some luck involved with what they purchase and things hit genetically and phenotypically. But at the same time, a lot of times, okay, those kids that are working their tail off in the barn and that have that mama mentality or that MJ mentality, those are the kids that are winning my, my man. And, and we have to realize that as spectators, we have to realize that as fans of the show pig industry, show lamb industry, goats, cattle, everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Even the reindeer. All right. Yeah, so right. we have to make sure that we understand that. We're talking about super ha- Super Bowl halftime shows. We can't skip over. We can't forget the halftime show that changed generation that created is directly related to the creation of the original streaming platform youtube and that was the justin timberlake janet jackson halftime show (laughs) with the wardrobe bound function i think there was a lot of young men probably that came of age (laughs) during halftime of that super bowl yeah, I could see that. I could absolutely see that. So, and Jan Jackson, she was one weaker up, thinking, "Whoo, oh, that's a that's a pretty woo-hoo. lady right there." She's uh, she's right in. She's a she's a keep. She's a keep. She's not in the coal pile. You know, I am a conspiracy theorist, and I have a conspiracy theory that that was not unintentional. I'm I've always kind of thought that it seemed to no pun intended, to come off fairly easily. It did. For something that wasn't hey, meant watch this. or planned. They're like, I can't, I can't, I can't get this. Doesn't oh, work. I can't know. get my hat off that, that smoothly. No, you can't. Um, and obviously, she took a, it's not super fun. She took a tremendous amount of backlash for that yeah. and got banned from performing in the Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. And, mm-hmm. and but, <clears throat> and I mentioned this, directly related to the invention of youtube youtube did not exist at that time and within a year it did because the guys that founded it were looking for the clip that we're talking about the no malfunction couldn't find it anywhere couldn't find a video sharing platform that that worked or functioned the way they wanted it to so they invented youtube youtube i, is did, not, I did not know that yep you can, you can google it. it's worth a google 
Um, the second question I got for you, Matt, and then we'll get off the Super Bowl deal. We'll just let we'll let the Chiefs do what they do. So pumped. I will, I will, I will, I'm not gonna jinx it, but I'm just throwing it out there. If there would happen to be some sort of champion parade that happens in Kansas City, are you going? I'm gonna go. I have not attended one. You have to. This time I'm going. Um, if it happens, if it happens, any 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 at any point, whenever the next one happens, might be this year, maybe. Maybe never again in my lifetime. I don't know. But if if another one happens, I'm going to go. Um, what is your all-time favorite national anthem at the Super Bowl? I think you got to go with Whitney Houston. To me, she is the most dynamic singer that we have ever seen. Mm. And she could hit things that nobody else could. Agreed. Now, I think Ariana Grande can. Oh. Um, from what and I a very, very talented young lady. Yes, she is. And but I, but I, I sincerely think that one is the most iconic ever. With that being said, I think Chris Stapleton did one not too there long you ago. Go. Yep. That yes. I think that I think it was as it was beautiful. It was oh. just so easy to listen to. His voice. Chris Stapleton's a one of a kind anyway. He's so he easy. Is. He is. And he And I agree with you though. Memorable. I think I think you're a hundred percent spot on. I agree. The Whitney Houston Star Spangled Banner is the national anthem by which all other national anthems are judged by. And it would took all the way to last year when Chris Stapleton sang, probably to get close to that. Um, and those are probably my top two. Very easily. And I'm not going to lie. It doesn't hurt that the Chris Stapleton version. Not only is he a great artist, not only is he a unique voice. At the end of it, anytime you hear that recording, and the home of the Chiefs, and I I can't help but get fired up. I was in Florida last week, you know, and they played the national anthem before the jackpot shows. Both days, they played the Chris Stapleton <laughs> version. Couldn't help myself. Did they really? Good. Oh, yeah. And I, I had to say it along with him, home of the Chiefs. Like, couldn't help myself. Now that we get back on track, buddy, the sales have been hot. Oh, oh, oh you're not kidding. Matt, we are right on the precipice, I like that word, of the Super Bowl of sale time. And I can tell you, from now through the rest of the spring, those sales are just going to keep coming and keep getting hotter. And there's going to be some livestock out there on those sales that are just lights out good. But what if somebody wanted to promote their sale? What could they do? Well, there's a lot of things, but my favorite one probably is to reach out to the old Beards and Banners crew via social media or to get a hold of Matt and I directly uh, on Snap or shoot us a text or even calls. We, we're still from a generation where we'll answer our phone once in a while. Um, if you're interested in doing a sales spotlight right here on Beards and Banners, reach out to us and let us know. We'll give you some details. We can talk about some options. And all I'm going to say is might be more affordable than you think. Absolutely. And you know what? With almost a thousand people tuning in every episode, we can get that message out and really do a good job for you and promote that sale. And I can guarantee you, man, we're just going to build them up and hopefully 
get you some viewers. And, um, hey, we will help you out a little bit on social media, too, in terms of promoting some things and sharing some stuff. So reach out if you're interested. We'd love to visit with you about your livestock, your sale, and the potential maybe that Beards and Banners can help you a little bit. That sounds awesome. I hope we hear from some people soon. With that, buddy, I made my first purchase of the year. And we talked about game planning in episode 11 and how to go about it. And I did exactly what I said I was going to do. And I didn't have that off-the-cuff buy where I was just winging it. Proud of you, Matt. studied. I made my sale favorites and i went through all those things and 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 i've been watching them buddy and all the ones that i i like i think my eyes pretty good right now because everything i like is about thirty three hundred dollars everybody's and I, I am since i'm waiting and by the way my berkshires look really good so until i sell a few of these things for black and gold swan genetics I think I might uh, limit my buying capability. Got to limit your intake a little bit. But until you get I, a end up, I end up getting uh, a gilt bought and uh, out of the picture this at Premium Blend, uh, a gilt from a nice little family in Indiana. And I'm really excited about her. And she came in well under the money that I thought, and she was high on my list. And you know what? Sometimes, guys, do not, do not be intimidated when those things go under the money yep. you might just have lucked out yep just because they're the highest dollar ones in the sale doesn't mean they're the best ones doesn't mean that they fit your feeding program or or your goals as good as the one you're bidding on and so don't 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 second doubt yourself if it's one you're really in on now those in uh last minute kind of uh, impulse buys Yep. Uh, uh, go through a checklist and make sure <laughs> that you feel confident there. But that stuff that hit you hard, there's a reason. There's a reason. Go with your gut. And if you get them bought under the money, hey, that's the way to do it. Um, Matt, I'm I'm pumped, man. I, I'll tell you. We talked last time. Here's a checklist. Here's some things to look at. Specifically, probably on hogs. Pretty hog heavy. Um, this time, we're going to try to spread the wealth a little bit. Talk about all four species and specifically probably the small species of getting them in because we're we're a little bit past uh, getting those calves in and, and that kind of stuff. And I know there's there's other, you know, people are going to hit different shows and there's going to be some calves getting sold here and, and are uh, right now. But we're probably going to hit sheep, goats and and hogs a little bit. You've got that animal purchased. You've bought them on showpig.com or SC online sales or whatever platform they they've been marketed on. You've went and picked them up directly. You've had a buddy go get them. You've contacted one of the many qualified, certified, trustworthy livestock transport companies that are out there today and got them at least within striking distance of your house and you've got them home. Now what? You know, the first thing that I like to do is I like to do a health evaluation once I've gotten home. And I usually try to give them a shot just to kind of, uh, diligence because they've probably been exposed to some things on that trailer. And I try to monitor that. And for the next couple of days, I'm monitoring health. Within the first day and a half, I try to reach out to the seller and give it a health update. Mm -hmm. And the reason I try to do that is if anything goes awry, if I have a temperature, if I have an illness of anything, I need to let that person know that it came to me that way so that 
if I need to get reimbursed, if something happens or something happens, it's not all over the whim. And a few years ago, I did that just thing. And I reached out to the person. I said, hey, buddy, this one came sick. I'm just giving you a heads up. And over the course of a week and a half, I gave her and doctored her almost every single day with something and I couldn't get her over it. And she, I ended up losing her. And you know what? Because I contacted them then instead of a week and a half later, it worked out good. And they gave me a sale credit and I really appreciate it. And uh, they, they are good people to do that. And I'll go back to them again. You know, that's beneficial, Matt. And I'm glad you said that. I think the health and disease, the, the, the stress mm -hmm. of, you know, getting pulled out of their pen mates away from their buddies, loaded and banged around on a trailer, maybe with, a bunch of animals they've never seen before, dropped off, loaded again, taken home, thrown in a different environment, different pen. Maybe the temperature varies widely. The nutrition might vary a lot. There's a lot of stresses that are going to be on that young animal, regardless of species. And I think the first thing, and I, and I love that you brought it up, I think talking to that breeder, doesn't matter what, what hog, sheep, goats, calf, and saying, hey, <clears throat> has this thing had any shots? What's vaccination stuff? what what feed you know is there anything i need to be watching for and just kind of just a quick once over I, I always ask especially on hogs okay had any draxin give them a shot before they left the house do they need wormed any of that kind of stuff uh, and on worming man that's to me parasite control worming such a big for thing sure. across species. it's overlooked so yeah, much. yeah it is it is and and we've got a pretty stringent worming on all species program here and, and even then still deal with issues and have problems. So I can imagine what it's like if you, if you, if it's something you overlook, but the first thing I do when I get a hog before I even unload them, if they haven't had Drax and I give them two cc's of Drax. And now those of you that are vets out there and probably are going, Oh buddy, you don't want to overuse that stuff. I, I just think that it's a great preventative and Draxin's mm -hmm. pretty effective. It seems like on the hog side of the world, and I and I it's the best thing I've found to keep the 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 natural stresses that are going to happen from breaking into mm -hmm. you know that immune system being weakened and potentially coming up with something and and so I'm a big fan of that sheep and goats big fan of just giving them a few cc's of penicillin mm -hmm. uh, just to kind of help boost them along kind of help prevent some things and then you know let's get them in a barn I, mm -hmm. I try not to hey we're not going to get this thing out and parade it a bunch. We're not going to try to work at skin and hair. I'm not going to throw that sheep or goat on the stand and go to working legs that night. Mm -hmm. Let's get them in a pen. Let's get them some fresh water, a fresh water supply. They're probably thirsty if they've been on a trailer a while. And and let's not fool ourselves, Matt. Some of that stuff, if it's getting picked up in Ohio mm -hmm. on a Tuesday and you're picking it up in Des Moines on a Thursday, they've had a drink, but it's been minimal. Yeah. And uh, they're going to come off there dehydrated and hungry. And I, and that's not a knock on those guys. They're doing a great job. They've got a bunch of them on that trailer. They're doing everything they can do, but sometimes they just won't eat or drink. They're just not going to eat or drink sometimes. Different water. And so nipples. Them, I used to oh yeah. Yeah. It's a completely it different a process. And so getting them, having a clean, well-lit, fresh bedding, climate appropriate I'm not going to say a nice warm spot because there's places those animals are going to go that are 40 yeah. degrees warmer than they left, which in itself can be an issue. 
but someplace that is climate appropriate. It, it's hard to take a, a pig out of a grower or a chip barn, mm -hmm. throw him on a heated trailer, and then throw him outside no, in a little hot house when it's 20 degrees. There's mm -hmm. just going to be some issues there. Hey, I know that may be what we're dealt. That's what we mm -hmm. had to do for years. And so I get that, but you want to try to make it as good a climate as you can. I think fresh, warm bedding, fresh, clean, dry bedding. Oh, so important. Yes. If you're throwing that animal in a pen with other animals, my recommendation is build an hour and a half to two hours into your schedule. Maybe it's late. Maybe you didn't get him picked up till late. Maybe you didn't get home from the cell till late. Doesn't matter. You can sleep later. Build in an hour and a half at minimum to set out there and watch. Make sure they're not getting mm -hmm. the heck beat out of them. Make sure they're not, you know, getting rode by them other animals. They're mm -hmm. not getting pushed out of feeding water. Mm -hmm. um, that's a great, that first couple hours is a great time for them to get hurt. Yeah. With that being said, if I bring one home, I sincerely don't like to put it with anything else. I don't either. I don't like to mix them, especially. No, you may have to eventually. You might have to. And you may have to you... right off the bat. But if there's a way you can isolate them, and, and also tell you, especially if, if, you're not 100% certain what the health yeah. regimen is, where they came yep. from, and you've already got some in your barn, yep. you kind of need to isolate that one off yep. for a day or two before you go mixing things just to let whatever's yep. in their system out of their system. Hey, you know what? There's some options, too. Let's think through some options. And I know that everybody's deal is, is a little bit different. If you got a heated shop, back that trailer in there, yep, yep. put some fresh bedding on that thing, Give it some feed and water every day, twice a mm -hmm. day, and let that thing get accustomed to a bigger pin in the trailer mm -hmm. and, and just let it sit there for five to seven days. I've had yep. so many people do that and they had their shop on 60 and they were comfortable or they had their shop on 50 and they had a couple of heat lights in their trailer or heat lamps in their trailer. That works too. And, and then they're away from your other livestock. You don't have to worry about that. And maybe, Hey, also, just do some planning ahead of time. Sometimes those those animals don't come to you for another week. Understand that, know that, build them a little shed, build them a little pit, not a shed, but build them a little place in the barn, build them a little thing in a, in a shed somewhere else, to br break some wind off, okay? Yep. A couple two by four, or a couple uh, two by fours and some plywood, and maybe you have a little place that's a little bit warmer that you can save yourself. And here's the deal, if you're spending what a lot of people are spending right now, that extra $200 is worth it. It's a good invest. It's an investment, not an expense. And I'll tell you the other thing, I guess, in my mind, that's important is they're already stressed enough. They're stressed. They're going to stay stressed. And that cortisol levels are going to be up for a few days. Mm -hmm. We had a general rule of thumb and, and, and they're like a new toy on Christmas. Oh, well, look mm -hmm. at, let's go look at the new bear. Let's go look at the new, brace that new goat up, leave them alone. Leave them alone. Let, let them get acclimatized. Let them get used to you and your system. Yeah, let you them can start, them. Let, let them smell you. Love on them. For the first 48 hours, maybe even the first week, depending on kind of their personality and, and, yep. and their docility, uh -huh. for the first week maybe, just, le just love them. Just love yeah. them. Get let's not be driving them. Let's not be getting them in a corner. Let's not let's not be rinsing legs or that kind yeah. of stuff. Let's just let them be an animal for, for maybe a week. And get acclimatized to the other animals, their environment, you, your feeding program. The schedule, obviously, is going to be maybe different at your house than it will be at the breeder's house. Mm -hmm. And so I'm a big, big proponent. Hey, 
that's that's the time you sit by the pen and feed them pigs. Yeah. That's that's when you you know sit there and hand feed a little good hay to those sheep mm-hmm. and goats. The other thing is that <clears throat> very few of us are getting those things home and having to go to a jackpot within you know a, a short amount of time. Hopefully, hardly ever. I'm a big proponent of, and I know we just talked about on the last episode. Hey, son, I, I'll buy some hogs that are out there on the edge. I know I'm going to have to manage them on feed. Guess what? I do not do for the first week. I do not shut their feet down. I do never, I never limit water. I never, I never limit water ever, but I never limit feed that first week because I think they've got to get acclimatized. They got to get filled and bloom back up. Mm-hmm. And then now, I can start figuring out what I need to do. Now, if you know that that's on the edge, you don't necessarily have to start that on. Well, a pig you, starter. Don't, you don't got to just cut the top off 16%. the bag and dump it in. Yeah, you can have them on 16% or even some some sow feed, even yep. if, you, if you know it's there. But, but let them get filled back filled. up. F- feed, yep. Keep them filled up. Make sure they do that. Now, the next thing I like to do is I like to do an evaluation within a couple of days on skeleton mm-hmm. and on maturity. So mm-hmm. I can kind of understand where I need to go and do a order. Now, what I might do is I have, I have preferences of what I bring things in on and things like that. And, and what I like to feed and like pigs, for example, I used to, br- I usually bring one in on 18 G Sunglow. shout mm-hmm. out to Sunglow. We're available for sponsors. Yep, yep. Bro. That's right. Anyway, what I'm telling you is this. I start around 18 G. I see how, where they are. I need to evaluate some things after a week. And then I can go to my local feeders grain or my local elevator or wherever I need to go and make an order of some other feed, but mm-hmm. do that evaluation on structure, skeleton and maturity starting off within the first week so that you have a game plan of what you want to do. So you're not going to the feed store and saying, Hey, I need this and they don't have it. And, and they don't have it weeks out. Yep. So you can get on track just a little bit faster if you do that. And I'll go, I'll go you one f- further, Matt, and tell you that, you know, there was a time when all of that, what I would consider little animal feed, young, young animal feed was medicated. Yeah. And so they were getting a, a little nice. bit of preventative in there and it's not today. And, and that makes a huge difference. I think in the, in the, in the hog deal, especially man, that from chip barn to 120 pounds, we see a lot more sickness in hogs we see a lot of differences in terms of how, how they're able to utilize and metabolize that nutrition. And, and there's a lot more attrition rate in terms of losing pigs than there was 10 years ago, five mm-hmm. years ago. So I'll go you one further and I'll tell you, we, we've said it before. I'm going to say it again. Shout out to all of our good vets out there. There's a reason that they're good. They've got knowledge. They understand a little bit how nutrition works. They certainly understand how the pharmaceutical side of it works. Build a relationship with your vet. Talk to them about, hey, we're bringing in all these pigs. We're going to mix them. I would like them on some sign of medicated feed that's a preventative. Almost every feed company, if you're going to feed some any kind of feed, they're going to have a medicated version of that, but you're going to have to have a VFD, a veterinary feed directive, which is basically a, essentially a prescription for that feed. Talk to your vets. Talk to your feed company. Get all that lined up ahead of time. And it doesn't hurt to have them on that for a while. That You're not supposed to have them on them when you slaughter. But very few of us are bringing these animals in and, and slaughtering them within 30 days. So you can feed medicated feed at the beginning. There's It's it's not as widely used because it's not as widely available because most of us don't go out and get the VFD. But if you have that in place, 
you're just doing what we've always done that we know works that's for the best health and welfare of those young animals and then you can transition them off of it once they're acclimatized once you feel like hey we've got a pretty good health record here we're doing pretty good we can take that medicated feed away and go to just a straight version but my advice is don't overlook that and build that relationship early check into it ahead of time because like matt said Sometimes you're not going to go down to the local co-op or the local feed store and say, hey, I need 500 pounds of SunGlow 18G. They're going to go, hey, great, we can have it in 10 days. Um, what's that animal going to eat in that meantime? They're certainly not probably going to have anything medicated just sitting around. Um, so if that's something you want to do, you've got to explore that early and have it in place. Have a plan. I can't agree more. And I like what you said about the vet and making sure that you have a good relationship. And, and here's why. If you have a show lamb that you just got, that thing or, or a goat, that thing from the time it gets sick to the time that you have to prevent or do medication and relieve that animal, it's pretty quick. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to diagnose and make sure you have an evaluation yep. so that you can medicate that thing to get right back on track. A lot of people get scours really fast. They say, well, or, or a lot of people's lambs get scours. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, I need to treat that in the morning. Too late. Uh, you probably need to treat it right away. By the time you, you see a symptom, you've already got a big problem. And I'll tell you, when we're talking about sheep and goats, coccidia is such a huge issue. And you need to find out from that breeder, what have they done? And have a, and again, have a plan in place. Be ready to give them something as a preventative, especially when you're bringing them in from different places and mixing different lines yep. of animals, man, it doesn't take much. And yep. then all of a sudden, and I can tell you, there's been a lot of really, really good sheep, Matt, that end up going to the sale barn because of yep. coccidiosis. And, and another uh, thing is, it doesn't take five seconds to text that guy or that girl that sold hmm. you that lamb. Hey, what was this thing on? And then it's probably going to be a week until it gets to you anyway, or you have to go pick it up. Go on ahead, find out as soon as you click, as yep. soon as you find out you won, go on ahead, reach out, say, what's this thing on? Put in your order, get that thing in there. So it's on, it doesn't skip a beat when you get it home. Yep. And, and I realized that is, E. coli is such a big issue in lambs. Please, please, please. Clean bedding is a must. And all that stuff. Sure, you have clean bedding. And I understand sometimes you put bedding on top of bedding with lambs and that and that can work and stuff like that. But once that stuff gets damp, once once it gets cooler one day and it gets damp, boy, things can go downhill in a, a yep. hurry. So please watch it. Make sure you have good bedding on those lambs and goats when they come in because boy, a little bit of prevention is gonna oh. save you a lot in the end. I'm a I'm a huge proponent, Matt of a clean plentiful always available water source i think that's the number sure. one prerequisite the number two deal in my mind clean dry bedding i i, I can't stand to see wet bedding i can't i and it's not smell uh, nobody likes stinky bedding but you walk in somewhere and then pins are all wet and gross yep. and nasty and you know i mean imagine somebody They're coming in backwards. pouring a pouring a bunch of water in your bed and then have to sleep in that for a week you're not going to sleep well. You're not going to rest well. You're not going to be comfortable. And we're in a time of the year in most of the country that it, the temperatures are just not good enough to where, well, yeah, but eh, it's hot. They'll be okay. I'll get it tomorrow. Ha build in time. You've, you've 
these projects take such a commitment financially, such a commitment time wise. Make sure that you're that you really understand what that really means, and that means the betting bill is going to be high. You're going to go through a lot of betting. Um, it doesn't matter the species. Doesn't matter. Uh, hogs obviously are going to mess their betting worse, and and certainly in certain pen situations or certain barn, it's going to be a big chore. But have a plan because clean dry betting is, and that's one of those an ounce prevention where the pound occur. That's one of those examples of that. And you wouldn't think that would play such a big factor in it, but boy, Matt, it sure does. I couldn't agree with you more. And buddy, it's such a fun time. And listeners, if you have some advice or you need some advice on selecting an animal or, hey, I saw one online and you want to reach out to either one of us and tell your impressions or, hey, Matt, is this one on your watch list tonight? And I'll tell you, because I I have... I have about 15 different things I have to buy for other people that I know of and I'm looking for in every single sale. And I can tell you if it's on our watch list or not. And I'd be glad to give you a shout and say, hey, buddy, that one's on there. Hey, I don't know about this one. Or for this money, I think that's a good buy. Mm -hmm. I'd be glad to help you in any way. And so would you. Yep, you bet. Well, buddy. As we kind of kind of wrap this thing up, and I think there's some good stuff said, and I, I can't wait to talk about that more a little bit later, maybe. Oh, yeah. However, buddy, it's been a good episode, and it's about time for a little motivational message, if that's all right with you. It's always okay with me, man. I can't wait. You know, I think uh, it's about time for maybe to put one that is a little bit spiritual in again, and uh, I found this one today. Um Corinthians 10, 12 through 14, God is faithful and will not let you be tested beyond your strength, but with the testing, he will always provide the way out so that you may be able to endure it. And if you think about it, buddy, that happens so much and we get tested so many times and sometimes that out might be there or that thing might be available for you. And I always think of that joke about, hey, the guy's on the boat and all these people are sent to him and they said, God, why, why didn't you save me? And he says, I sent you all these signs and sent you all these things. It's up for you to be able to take advantage of those things and, and uh, understand, Hey, there, there is things that are on the horizon that maybe you can look forward to. That's right, Matt. I've always heard that God's never going to put an obstacle in your way that you can't overcome. And uh, you, it may seem insurmountable. It may Ooh. seem too big a test challenges and uh but it's always something that is within your ability to overcome it may not be quick may not be a quick victory but there is light at the end of the tunnel there is buddy and i tell you what what a great episode great talking to you today we have a guest next time and i think we're gonna know and like and i'm excited really excited about that with that being said take care of yourselves check on your neighbors check on your family and be nice. That's above all. Guys, happy Super Bowl week. Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. We'll see you next time. See you, buddy.